48-hour art check. Best of podcast. We go live Monday, Wednesday on YouTube, 9 p.m. California time, and you can join us there live in the chats or watch them later. You can always check things out at coreykerr.com slash 48HR. We take the best conversations from those live streams and rip them and put them into this podcast. Today's topic is the FTC and COPPA and stuff. So uh, it's it's relevant for the next couple hours, and then it's kind of out of our hands. But um, so I, I'm, I'm sure anybody on YouTube has seen a lot of the YouTubers kind of talk about uh, COPPA. And um, Scott was saying in one of his videos, it's hard to call yourself a YouTuber. I feel like that's a that's a moniker that I'm not. Yeah, I think that might be with. Uh, other people don't. Other people with far fewer subscribers than us don't have a problem calling themselves YouTubers. But for whatever reason, it's just. And when I think a YouTuber, I think of like uh, somebody's got millions of subscribers or hundreds of thousands. So I, I think know. I think of. Uh, never mind. I was going to say something derogatory towards um, YouTubers, but um, anyway, I, <laughs> uh, yeah. So on this on this platform, it's interesting because um, the FTC came after uh, Google and then announced at a conference um, that they're going to come after people on YouTube, literally using the, uh, the phrase uh, that we're fish in the barrel and that YouTube is the barrel and that anybody who's creating content on YouTube is fish and they're going to start shooting. And that was weird. <laughs> um, and so then they opened up comments and then a lot of stuff came to light. And uh, I have downloaded here. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll put this in a format that makes sense. But I've downloaded here the questions that they're opening for comments. Um, you know, like is there a continuing need for the rule as it's currently promulgated? Why or why not? Um, you know, what is the aggregate cost and benefits of the rule? Does the rule include any provisions not mandated by the blah blah blah? So I mean, there's twenty five. 25 no there's more there's 30 different 30 different comments and some of them have like multiple sections that they that they want you to answer and i don't think you have to answer all of them but i do think it's important that we are heard um on on these issues and and here's here's my take on it because i don't want to i don't want to just force my opinion on anybody else but here's the thing is uh the the rule as stated um was written before YouTube existed, um, before social media existed, um, and kind of during the era where people had no idea how the internet worked. Um, it was in, I believe it was in 98. And uh, and here's my problem with things like that is, uh, and, and, well, I'll just, I'll just read the first part of my comment. So the world has changed significantly. One major change that needs to happen is that tech companies are applying to have no regulation and using individual rights as a cover. For example, Google argued in court that it should be allowed to photograph and publicize all public spaces because an individual photographer has the right to take photos in public. The difference is that no individual has the resources or ability to create a searchable photographic database of the entire world like Google did with Google Maps Street View. The application of the individual rights to a company caused the general loss of privacy worldwide. As it applies to COPPA, tech companies have built their business models around the harvesting and selling of personal data and have been allowed to develop this unprecedented model because the application of existing legislation didn't adequately address the new factors of the unprecedented. In other words, we need to develop or we needed to develop driver's licenses and speed limits when cars were invented because the unprecedented advancement in technology outstripped society's understanding and expectation of behavior. The societal impact from those that rode horses and drove buggies was drastically different than those that drove automobiles. And so the, the idea that I'm trying to get across, and I don't know if I'm being too wordy or whatever, is that uh, tech companies are are doing things that are completely unprecedented right now. And because legislation in a democracy or in a representative republic or whatever you want to call the current oligarchy that we're calling a government, because um, it's really slow, um, we're applying old standards and old understanding to new things that have never existed before. And so the problem is that 
this this law that was that was written and then uh, set to be reviewed every ten years um, is under review earlier than ten years because they're like, well, things have, have changed. And so um, the problem, though, is that they're still trying to use old legislation that doesn't make sense in the current environment and trying to kind of force it like like a square peg in a, in a round hole, just jam it in there and hammer it in. And they don't care how much damage it's doing uh, in doing that because they're just trying to use anything that they've got. But they don't have the right tools to be able to do that. And so the, the general issue is that uh, there was a rule that said you're not supposed to collect privatized data or personalized data of uh, children under the age of 13. And that's why Facebook and everybody else, like you can't get it. You legally shouldn't be able to get an account um, if you're under the age of 13. It's because they all have built their business models on the collection of private data. The real bigger problem is that as a society, we have accepted that the collection and sale of our private data is something that is uh, inevitable. And I don't believe that it's inevitable. Um, I believe that it is unprecedented and that we're applying old rules to this unprecedented thing, but I don't believe that it's inevitable. Inevitable means it can't be stopped. It can't be controlled. There's nothing you can do to, you know, to curtail it. There's no other option. And there are plenty of other options. Um, in, in fact, one of the options that's really interesting right now is um, the Wikipedia Foundation is, has launched their own social media network that is promising not to collect people's data and it is promising not to be an ad-driven uh, business model. And, uh, and they're calling it WT Social, hmm. uh, which is a dumb name uh, and, and might tank it in and of itself. But, um, but I mean, you know, I, I've, I've got an account there and I think I'm, you know, I've, I'm, I've got 200,000 people ahead of me in line before my account goes live. But um, you know, things like that could be possible. Um, I, I think we should be lobbying Congress right now to enact some sort of legislation that allows for, um, you know, some sort of uh, NPR, PBS version of social media. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of different ways to do this um, that don't involve uh, a private company with uh, private interests in an unregulated environment. Um, to be able to just do whatever they want, because I really honestly believe that um, that humanity is at stake um, and, and that we're at kind of a turning point. And so th this copper rule is interesting, but if they go, if they go about it, you know, like just this big giant sledgehammer, just beating whatever they possibly can. Um, what we need is we need a series of uh, surgeries uh, not not just bludgeoned instruments. And so the, the problem is real. The intent, I don't know, I don't trust the government any more than anybody else does, but I think the intent might be good is like, let's protect children um, from being advertised to because they're way more susceptible to advertising than, um, than adults are. Um, but but I, don't, I don't think this is the right way to go about it. And, and I think... Um, you know, maybe there needs to be another agency. Um, you know, you've got the FTC, you've got the FCC, um, you know, and the FCC has, has long standing tradition of regulating broadcast stuff. So that radio and television and cable and things like that. Um, but nobody knows what to do with streaming services, for example, there's, there's no regulation there. And I, I'm not huge on regulation, but I do think there are externalities in play and in economics, an externality is something where um, it's it's a, it's a factor that is outside of the transactional relationship. And so, if YouTube goes out and all the advertisers say, "Hey, you're promoting Nazis and you're radicalizing, you know, uh, young white males to you know like go kill people and whatever," um, we're we're not going to advertise. That's 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 a directly in relationship to the transactional relationship. And so they've got a financial incentive to avoid doing those things. Um, but if outside of that non-paying people like me, I don't pay money to use YouTube. If I'm like, hey, I don't really like the fact that you're using my content to collect people's private data, they can say, well, screw you, we don't care. Um, I'm considered in that situation an externality because I'm not part of the transactional situation or 
my 10 year old daughter who, who gets on YouTube to, you know, to watch tutorial videos on whatever, or, um, she's, uh, she's an externality because she's not directly in a transactional relationship. There's no financial benefit that's apparent to, to YouTube to, uh, you know, treat her data with respect or not collect her data or anything like that. And so that's where um, the invisible guiding hand of self-interest theory kind of breaks down because um, the, the Google self-interest doesn't protect those people that are not in that, in that relationship. So I do believe that there does need to be some sort of regulation when it comes to externalities. But the big problem that we have is that tech moves faster than government. And, and, and the secondary problem to that is that most people uh, in the government uh, do not understand what is going on. Uh, and that was very clear. Zuckerberg in front of Congress, um, a significant portion of the senators and congressmen that were, that were questioning him, it was just embarrassing. It's just embarrassing to see that these are the people that are writing the laws um, or at least these are the elected officials that put their name on the laws that are written. Um, and, and it was, and it was clear that they have no idea what's going on. It would be like, it would be like having me be quality control, you know, on an auto mechanic shop. It's like, I don't know whether they're doing that work well or poorly. I don't even understand how the engine works. And so we put senators and congressmen uh, who have enough power to get elected um, in charge of regulating something that they have absolutely no ability to even begin to comprehend um, because of their upbringing, because of their education, and because of the fact that they uh, just don't have any experience with it. And it, and I, I'm pretty educated in a lot of this type of stuff, and it's even beyond uh, beyond me to really know like kind of the ins and outs. And so, you know, some sort of regulatory body or something along those lines uh, would, would be helpful. But ultimately, I'm bringing this up because um, today is the final day where people can comment on this uh, this this ruling. Um, the FTC has opened uh, opened it up and extended it uh, to say, you know, we'd like to hear from the public, and they've got some questions that they've asked um, on those things, and and I think it's important for them to understand uh, one, the agreement that you've made with Google. Um, is hurting small creators. It's not hurting Google. Um, you know, the agreement that they said was Google would come back and say, uh, you have to, you have to mark your channel as for kids or for adults. And, uh, the FTC even has language in the, in the ruling that says that you can have a mixed audience. That's not wholly intended for kids. And there's, there's things for that. So for example, the language that I'm supposed to judge, whether my channel is for kids or for adults is, if I have characters, I don't know what that means exactly, but that's one of the terms. If there are cartoons or animations, um, you know, if I talk about toys, if I use uh, language like fun and cool, um, these are things that are supposed to clearly identify that my channel is for children. Bright um, colors. Yeah, bright colors or whatever. It's like, <laughs> like, it's like, it's like just a room full of people like who haven't talked to a child uh, or, or a creator, uh, you know, in 30 years and they're like, yes, hello, fellow students. It's just like, you know, you don't really know what's going on and, and, and you don't understand. And so there's a lot of stuff out there that is mixed audience. And there's a lot more stuff out there that isn't even mixed audience. It's, it's fully for adult. Um, and yet, uh, it falls into the categories where they say that, you know, if you use these things, then it might be uh, made for children. And YouTube just came out and released a thing that said, you need to get a lawyer. That, that was their answer. They're like, we don't got your back. You're screwed. Uh, you should probably get a lawyer. And I make, I think in the history of my time on YouTube, I think I've made less than 10 or 15 bucks in total ad revenue because I don't run that many ads, but also I don't have that much traffic. So should I take that 15 bucks and, you know, and go into the hole a couple hundred bucks so I can talk to a lawyer and they can tell me, well, I don't know. We'll have to kind of see what happens in court because the language is so vague. Right. That it has I've, I've, listened, I've listened to lawyers on YouTube talking about just that, where they said, well, they say, you know, hire a lawyer. But as an attorney, I don't know how to advise somebody on this because it, it, the language is just too vague. Right. 
So, <laughs> I mean, what is it? Yeah, and I mean, what is an attorney going to say other than you should be careful? Yeah, uh, there's no legal precedent that this has never been brought to court before and defined. I mean, take copyright, for example, which by the way, the most recent version of copyright was written prior to the internet existing at all. And uh, Mickey Mouse is up to be public domain soon again. So that's going to change. But um, before that was tried in court, we had no idea of what fair use was. Fair use is not a law. There's nothing that says the words fair use or the four pillars of fair use in any legal thing, what it is is that it's been tried in court and defined case by case so that now there are there's legal precedent in court. And that's how our legal system works. But the problem is if you start with vague language, it's meant to be interpreted in court. And that is extremely problematic for those of us who this is not our living uh, this is not, this is something that I do because I enjoy the connection. I enjoy the community. You know, maybe I get my work out there a little bit, but uh, I, I can, I can directly tie maybe two clients to the last five years of being on YouTube or whatever. And uh, n- neither of those would add up to a significant amount of money to pay a lawyer through an entire court case of being sued by a, a, a government regulation agency. So anyway, I don't know. That's just kind of what I, what would you, what would you comment on that? Scott, I'm curious. And what would you tell the FTC? Okay. Well, so, so first of all, this, it's kind of, I, I was, you know, when this kind of thing first hit, I put out a video and I kind of, kind of my gut reaction and everything, which was, you know, kind of what we're talking about here. And then as I did a little more research and I I got a little more comfortable with the fact that I don't think they're going to come after somebody small like me where there's no financial benefit because all they would do is bankrupt me. You know, they're not going to, there's nothing to gain from that other than to make an example, which I don't, you know, I don't think somebody where I am, you know, they're going to make an example. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but, but so I, I, you know, I kind of, and I watched so many videos that I just kind of had to take a step back and like, okay. But then hearing Utah, I mean, you brought up, you brought up just a bunch of stuff I didn't, hadn't even considered and, and beyond just YouTube and, and some of the, uh, you know, implications that some of this, you know, what can happen here. And Honestly, now I'm going to start thinking about some of this stuff. But but I so I I had intended there was a there was a channel that I watched called Retro Blasting. They're like a toy company or a toy uh, uh, channel, um, and they had put together basically uh, you know sort of a statement. Uh, and you just kind of you can take that and you can kind of adapt it to your own personal thing and 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 then send it in. There was some some website where you submit it and everything. So I went to do that and I don't know what was going on, but it just would not submit no matter what I kept hitting the button. So after a while, I'm like, okay, well I give up. <laughs> I can't. I, so, um, but as far as what you're doing, I haven't, you know, I haven't, I haven't written anything like that. Plus now it sounds like it's too late anyway. Plus I could never even, think of being as eloquent as you or even, you know, as thoughtful as you about all this thing, because like I said, you brought up a bunch of stuff that I hadn't really even considered. And it's really, it's, it's, it's scary. So, um, so I don't know uh, when you mentioned this topic, I, I, um, I, I thought it was a little more YouTube centric. So that's kind of what I had in my mind, but now I'm not exactly sure where to go with it. I, um, because as far as YouTube's concerned, uh, there's, there's always going to be, there's all, I mean, and there has always been, there's been adpocalypses and this and that, there's always going to be something like that. And it just goes to, to show that you don't, when you're on a platform like this, you don't have control over it. So you can't even though, you know, I, I make a little more money than Corey off of YouTube, but it's not, it's not a living, it's a little extra money. Um, but you know, there are people out there who quote, YouTubers or whatever. And that's, that's the other reason why I guess um, I, I never consider myself a YouTuber because that's, 
I guess I shouldn't really worry about that term, but it's only a small part of what I do. So whereas I think some people, they kind of have this attitude, well, I'm a YouTuber and that's how they make most of their money um, through AdSense. But if they don't have other revenue streams or have found a way to, to take you know, what they're doing on YouTube and diversify that and make other money elsewhere, because I mean, I'm not, I'm not concentrated on my, my goal is not the ad, you know, the AdSense money. Um, My goal is to build an audience. And once you have an audience, then you have fans and things and people that like what you're doing and will support you, whether it's like a Patreon or to buy your, you know, the whole thing. It's, 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 you know, it's building a brand, it's building an awareness and everything. So, and you know, the, the AdSense money, it's, it's nice to get those AdSense checks and things like that. But if you, if you're somebody who's relying on just that, those things and just considering yourself just a YouTuber and not an entrepreneur, then I think you're going to be in trouble because if it's after COPPA, it's going to be something else. And it's, it's always, there's always been something going on. You know, you see now, I mean, just based on the stuff people are rec- that YouTube is recommending to me, it's a, just a lot more of just your basic, you know, you know, late night talk show hosts and, and this and stuff. And yeah. so it seems like they're it's getting further away from like individual creators. So who knows if that continues or if that, you know, what's going to happen with this platform. So as much as I love YouTube, I mean, you, you have to be able to, you know, I mean, you can't just rely too much on that. So, uh, and I know I kind of went away from what kind of what you were talking about, but, um, no, I, I agree. I think that's, I think that's a good point. Like, and, and, and I, I'm going to make that point in my answer if I can get it in in time. Um, but my, uh, is that there are, there are more things to YouTube than ad revenue. And, and I, I completely agree that I think this is a social media is an unprecedented public forum. Um, and public forums have been protected by law since the foundation of this country. And prior to that, um, I mean, you look at like Hyde park in, in the UK, um, you know, there, there have always been, um, the ability in, in, in free countries to speak publicly, to be able to, um, to, to be able to do stuff. And so, um, the idea that now the, the the most effective public forum has been privatized for profit by companies that are doing things intentionally illegally because they feel like they're above the law because they have more money than the government um, or that they have, um, you know, that they're able to, uh, they're able to do things faster than the government can do uh, is hugely problematic for the public as a whole. And so if you look at this solely as, you know, it's about advertising. Um, I, I do think you're missing the the bigger picture, and the bigger picture is that if you fight this uh, on a on a case by case level, um, that that's a losing battle. That's death death by a thousand cuts. It's like it's like getting an argument with a child and trying to and trying to take them point by point. Um, you know, rather than just saying uh, stop walking into the street. Like, I'm not going to have this discussion about, you know, every reason or whatever. I just need you not to get hit by a car right now, you know? And, and so right now, the problem is that if you want to be successful as an individual creator, as a small business, as a, you know, as somebody who doesn't, you know, have some sort of stake in a fortune 500 company, um, social media is where that happens. And the fact that, that market of ideas is is controlled largely uh, in secret behind closed doors uh, without any idea of what's going on is hugely problematic. Um, and so COPPA is just the newest opportunity for us to expl- express our concern uh, in, in that area. Um, but but I just wanted to I just wanted to show this. So anyway, that whole comment was just to say I completely agree with what you just said, Scott, because it's it's more than about ads. And if you if you put all your eggs in one basket and you 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 say I'm a YouTuber and I I'm in it for the AdSense and all that stuff, uh, that is a sinking ship because you never know. There were people that were making millions 
that no matter how you interpret this this new ruling, um, they were doing it illegally the entire time, unknowing to them, uh, because YouTube was using their content to collect data of kids, and uh, and there's no way around it, and they should have never been allowed to grow that on this on this platform because it was patently illegal from the beginning. Um, there's a few people like that, but watch. These are the people. These are the people that are in charge of regulating the tech industry. I just want you to watch what happens when I click this button. It's going to be really fast, but pay attention to the loading animation and just guess what year this animation was done. You see that? It was like it was like a swishy star with a gradient on it. And like if you if I could clear my cash right now, I would. But if if you do this, if you do this and you do it, it's incredible. But I mean, this is the website. This is the this oh, yeah. website looks like uh, it looks like it was built in like 1997, and it might have been. I mean, there's drop shadows all over the place. You know, here's that cool looking little like deformed star thing. I don't know if this is a logo for regulations.gov or whatever. Your voice. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it's terrible. But then you go down here to the bottom, um, and it's request for public comment on, tr on Federal Trade Commission's implementation of children online privacy protection rule. And if you don't fall asleep by the time you read that title, um, then you can come in and you can say comment now. And uh, they have just a ridiculous amount of text that you have to go through to get to this. But this is this is where you would this is where you would leave your comment. Um, and they they have kind of an idea. You can get the docket folder. You can open that up. Um, but the propose, the proposal here is, is right here. They give you a bunch of background on it. This is mind numbingly boring. Um, and, and I, and I wonder a lot of times if it is intentionally mind numbingly boring because um, what has happened over the last 15 years is that the public has been uh, conditioned to not pay attention to this stuff. And we don't realize that uh, little by little, we we are losing our ability to be individuals. We're losing our ability to have sanctuary. We're losing our ability to be able to create. Um, we're losing our ability to be able to think independently. Um, and, and every single one of these steps. For example, there was a campaign a long time ago um, that freaked everybody out. Um, when Yahoo came out, I think it was Yahoo, and said, Google reads your email. And everybody was like, my email, that's ridiculous. So everybody freaked out. And now you're like, yeah, of course they do, right? Where Google Glass came out a few years ago, which is the first really big attempt at wearable tech that involved augmented reality. And uh, and people were like, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. It looks weird. And it's turning us all into cyborgs. And everybody freaked out. So they just kind of shelved it for a little bit. And now Amazon is in the game. Google is getting back into the game. Facebook's getting in the game. Um, and pretty soon it's going to be commonplace for everyone to walk around with glasses on that give you a heads up display of data and information about everything and everyone that you're looking at, um, which ultimately suggests that if they control what you see and they control when you see those things, then they can largely control how you feel about things. And that's another thing is that they're working on earpieces. They've got bone conduction uh, stuff. So where you can... Uh, Bose has a system where I can I can put these glasses on and part of the glasses touch uh, touch part of your skull and it resonates um, the sound by vibrating the bones in your head rather than actually vibrating the air and so you can listen to music and everything and that technology is wonderful but imagine if I were to take Alexa or um, Hey Google or Siri or whatever automated voice smart speaker that you have in your home and put it into one of those systems. And then you can just be advertised to individually as they track your position, as they know where you are and what you're looking at and how long you're looking at it. And they know all of that information. Um, imagine how they're going to be, be able to manipulate you right now. Right now, what we have is we have a situation where the people who were originally in charge of changing Google from a search engine to an ad harvest or a data harvesting and selling mechanism. Those very people started a company that is owned by the parent company that owns Google, Alphabet, um, that started 
started a video game that would tr- that would cause people to go to different places. It was GPS and it was all this stuff. And I played it. And I remember taking different routes than I normally would so that I could go buy certain checkpoints or whatever and get these little in-game points. That game mutated into Pokemon Go. And now we've got these popular characters and augmented reality. And you have groups of people out there that are being driven to locations where Google wants them to go because they put a rare Pokemon or they put a, they put a battle or they put a challenge or whatever out there. And they can literally have people pay them to say, Hey, I need, I want customers in my store. And they're like, all right, give us some money. And then they, they put a, some sort of event there and it actually moves physically moves people. So it's no longer just tracking where people are, what they're clicking on. It is now moving into a realm where we are trying to manipulate people's actual behavior and be able to not just predict what they're doing, but cause what they're doing. This is the real issue of what is going on with this. And this is such a small piece of the puzzle. And I know I sound like a tinfoil hat conspiracy (laughs) theorist right now, but like, it's literally what's happening. You ask anybody, um, you know, if, if they're comfortable with the amount of data that they, that they are that, that is being tracked and they'll say, ah, or whatever, I don't really care. And then you show them what these tech companies know about them. And almost across the board, every study that is done, we are massively uncomfortable with what these tech companies know. It's completely unregulated. And, uh, and the new, I heard, I heard a really good quote that the new oil spill is a data breach. You know, and and if you think about it, it's like every once in a while, one of these companies is like, oh, sorry, everybody has access to all your personal data because we got hacked or whatever. And it's become so commonplace that you're like, meh, well, whatever. Right. I mean, remember when it used to be a big deal and everybody was getting LifeLock and all this stuff. And now we're just like, oh, whatever. I don't really care. Everybody's got my data anyway. What are they going to know? My email? No, they're going to know way more than your email. Um, and they'll actually know so much about you that they can begin to manipulate your behavior and cause you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. So, scary, scary stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just ranting at this point in time. No, it's really, it's, it's as interesting as it is scary. So, yeah. (laughs) So, how's that for an art check? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Anyway, um, there was. I was talking to I was talking to a client of mine, and I was talking about uh, a project I'm working on, kind of under wraps with him, and and he said, "Are you happy?" I said, "Yeah." So why do you ask? And he said, "Well, I just want to make sure that if you commit suicide, that I know you've been you've been taken out rather than you actually were committing suicide." <laughs> and I said, "I said, you know, I actually really think that art." should be subversive and rebellious against things that are not good. And, and, a, and a big part of art is, uh, is to, is to solve a lot of these problems and move people. And I don't mean that all art should be serious, but I do mean that um, like, if you're entertaining people or you're making people laugh or you're making people think you're making people cry, if you're causing people to be empathetic with other people, if you're raising issues that, that normally would not be raised um, those are huge and important types of things. And so, um, you know, like you don't need to get on your soapbox and be preachy and be a really bad writer necessarily. Like I, on the last art check, I read the script that I was going to do for this animation and it was really bad. Once I read it out loud, I was like, that's terrible. I can't do it that way. Um, but you can, um, I mean, just look at like political cartoons over the years, um, a simple one panel cartoon and, and maybe half a sentence um, has probably done more for like thought and um, and all this stuff than than you know writing all of these op eds and these long diatribes and these pamphlets and these epistles that uh, that nobody really reads. Um, but you look at something in an image and some text, and you can get the concept of something, and it's really really important. So anyway, I just think we can do good things with our art, and it's important that we are aware. Uh, uh, of what's going on, but I don't think that it's inevitable. And that's what, that's what the tech companies want us to believe is that it's just progress. You can't fight progress. It's inevitable. You know, you're just standing in the way of uh, you're standing in the way of progress. And, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's true. Um, Also, this always makes me sad because I don't think this is the answer, but every time I start talking about this, this is a, a fairly common 
response is that, uh, you know, maybe we should just live off the grid or that anytime I talk that people are like, holy cow, you know, um, I think there are ways to, to solve these problems. And I think, I think awareness is an issue. Um, and, and along those lines, I think one of the best things that has happened this week is that somebody walked up to a, a wall and ate a banana off of a, an art gallery wall. <laughs> I saw something about that. I wasn't sure exactly what it was. So I, 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 I kind of what the comment was for, but I, so this, this was actually part of an exhibit. So, the, okay, this is, all right. This the scam, the scam that is the fine art market uh, has produced another example of its own stupidity and owned itself. Somebody duct taped a, a banana to a wall. Mm-hmm. It sold. It sold for one hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Oh my god! Right. And while it was while it was on display, one of the people that was looking at it uh, walked up, took it off the wall, and ate it, and then was escorted off the site um, by security and uh, and just told everybody, you know, see you after prison. And uh, everybody is now arguing whether that was performance art or whether it should be legal or illegal. Or whatever, and and the point of it is, it was stupid. It was stupid from the beginning. It was stupid, right? Yeah, in the middle, and it was stupid. That, and and very few people are actually talking about what's probably happening, which is it's really just a front for money laundering. And <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, wow. So so anyway, that's this guy, and the and I don't know anything about the guy, but um, you know, easily easily could have been in a movie for, uh, you know, being the muscle of, of some thug. He's <laughs> a pretty beefy dude, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. And there's lots of weird stuff going on out there, but, uh, you know, but I mean, that's, that's, that's the type of like distraction that is, is fascinating, you know, like something happens and then we start a war and then we're all distracted by the war. Uh, you know, all this weird stuff is going on and then there's, and everybody forgets about it. Uh, the the other day, I was thinking um, there were, there were like a couple things that were like everyone was talking about it, and everybody was freaking out. And, and it was like a month ago, and you you don't even hear anything about it anymore. And and that seems to be like common where uh, we're just so distracted and so inundated with the stuff that we never get to like sit with stuff. And that's that's part of this idea of like this this constant inevitable progress uh, online is that you're just, it's just a barrage. It's just like trying to, trying to get a sip of water while there's somebody just firing a fire hose worth of water at your head at all times. Um, and it's like, you can't even come up for air. And that's kind of, there, there are these little important issues that tend to pop up. For example, a while ago, we were talking about whether or not the FTC would allow uh, internet providers to throttle um, certain websites based on their preference so that, you know, basically we're saying should uh, Viacom or AT&T or whomever be allowed to decide how quickly certain services are delivered to your home. Um, and everybody was, everybody across the board was saying, no, this is a horrible idea. And then one of the lobbyists who was who is lobbying for the telecoms became the commissioner of that organization. And that was a huge problem. And everyone was talking about it. And I haven't heard anybody mention it in months. It's, yeah. It just hasn't even come up. We all forgot. We all forgot. It, they got overruled. It is a problem. It's going to, it's going to be a huge problem in the marketplace. It's going to cost us jobs. It's going to cost us lives. It's cost us our, our freedom and our individuality. Um, it's going to drastically change the internet as we know it. But there's been, you know, 500,000 cute cat videos that have been posted since then. So I don't even think about it anymore. Anyway, I don't know this. These, these are the things that I don't normally talk about publicly because it makes me sound like a crazy person. No man, it's the no. It's it's just scary. Yeah. But I've but I've got a cartoon on my shirt, so just yeah. so you know, this would be a mixed audience. <laughs> this entire legal discussion. <laughs> yeah, I think all the kids have probably tuned out by now, but uh, who knows? Right. <laughs> I don't know. They could still be here, and if you are yeah. under thirteen years old, just know that Google is collecting your data and yeah. selling it to advertisers. 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's what's crazy was I was almost with the before hearing kind of how dangerous all this stuff is with what you're talking about. I mean, I was just going back to well, when I, you know, when I was a kid, they they showed me yeah, the best part of Saturday morning cartoons sometimes were the commercials for all the toys and. You know, as much as they advertised to me, if and as much as I wanted something, if my parents didn't have the money or decided that I don't get it, then I don't get it. So, I mean, I was kind of like, what's the big deal? But this is this is way more sinister, way more. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's I mean, just with the technology attached to it, it's yeah, it's it's more than just, oh, yeah, I want this toy, you know, so. Yeah, because just just think about what's happened in our lifetime, and we're not old. Right? Yeah, in our lifetime, we've gone from pixels that are an inch tall on the screen, you know, and screens that are you know like thirteen inches or whatever, um, to like so much resolution that your eye can't even comprehend more resolution than that. Yeah. We've reached the limit of the human eye, uh, and, and beyond that. We've got virtual reality and augmented reality that are so realistic that it causes physiological responses in your body. And while we're doing all that, we're developing fabric that can send wireless biometric data uh, of the people that are wearing those fabrics uh, to companies. Uh, We can track where people are. We can see things. We can see expressions of people's faces from space. Like it's just like everything that we're able to do right now. There are cameras out there that can look at you. And they can tell by the change of pigment in your skin, which is imperceptible to the human eye, what emotion you're feeling at the time with like a high degree of accuracy. All of this stuff has happened since Pong when I was alive. I was alive when Pong was like the pinnacle of like consumer <laughs> consumer tech. And so who knows what it's going to be like for my kids, right? When our kids grow up, like having an implant uh, you know, from a company that, that that gives you some sort of discount on your car insurance or something uh, is, is going to be like totally normal. Like the idea car insurance companies are getting into this because they want to be able to turn your car off if you don't pay them. That That is something where like you, can, you just can't start your car. You're behind on your insurance. So we're just going to make it so that you're just stranded in the middle of the Nevada desert. Pay us or starve to death. Like that is, that is a realistic possibility. Like right now we have computers in our vehicles that can literally shut the car down and all they have to do is for GM or Ford or whoever else to just make a deal with progressive. And all of a sudden progressive can be like, Oh no, he's, he's behind on his payment. So go ahead and shut his car down. I don't care if he can get to work or not. I don't care if his kid needs to be picked up from the, from the preschool. Uh, He's got to make a payment or else. What are you going to do then? You're going to make a payment, you know? And that type of thing is, the technology is currently available. Like it's not coming. It's here. It's currently happening. And the only thing that they're waiting for is for the public outcry to diminish by enough bananas being taped to the wall of some art gallery (laughs) so that we don't notice that all of a sudden we've just sold all of our rights. So yeah. Anyway, Jay's right. I'm just venting and now I feel much better. (laughs) So so anyway, um, uh, yeah, what I really wanted to say tonight is get on, get on the FTC's website. Um, They they need to hear from us, get on their website and let them know, um, let them know how you feel about this. Um, and, and they're specifically talking about COPPA, which is the collection of private data of children under the ages of 13. And if you want to know my opinion on that, I think it is a more precise application of newer legislation that is needed rather than uh, a blunt application of older legislation that doesn't even really apply to the situation that they're trying to apply it to. Because right now what they're doing is they're going after the creators of content who are creating that in a freemium model um, in the hopes of building an audience, they're not going after the tech companies um, who are actually causing the problem. The tech companies that need to be regulated, it's not the the public that needs to be regulated, it's the people that are collecting the data um, that need to be regulated. Uh, That's that's kind of how I I feel about everything. So, and, and, and the main thing for me is applying old thinking to unprecedented new things is always bad. 
it's it it doesn't make sense, right? And so Scott's example of saying like, you know, advertising during '80s television, I I loved it. I love GI Joe. I love Thundercats. I love all that stuff, and I I still collect toys. But that's different than being able to get inside my head and being able to um, track things that I'm not aware of to to manipulate my very uh, behavior and thinking and emotions. Um, that that is that is something that is unprecedented. Uh, the amount of access that they have right now um, is unprecedented, and it's not inevitable. As much as they want you to feel like it is inevitable, it is not inevitable. And as long as we feel like there's nothing I can do, then they can do whatever they want. Because the fact of the matter is, is that the, if enough of us are not okay with this, uh, the governments will have to react. The EU is already doing it. Um, you know, and there are other countries that are already saying, this isn't okay. We're not going to do this. And, uh, it's, it's a complex problem that deserves a complex solution. It doesn't deserve just a unilateral bludgeoning so that they can say, well, yeah, we've put a bunch of people out of business and we find a couple of people, $42,000. And so we showed them like, uh, after all of that, after all the creators that they go after, um, the end result is still uh, the the massive collection of private data that is going on that that makes it uh, makes it not okay. It's not okay to do that to kids. It's not okay to do that to adults. It's not okay to do that to anyone. And the problem is that the legislation that we have in the books currently is not sufficient for what is going on. And the legislators that we have in office do not understand the risks uh, that are that they're legislating against or for. So, so however you feel about it, the more people that comment, the better. Um, and so get on there. You don't have to write, write or rant as long as I have, but, um, but you should, you should get on and you should get on and say something. So. And also be civil. Don't, you know, just don't just like yeah. curse them out or like, you know. Yeah. The, the, the easiest, the easiest way to, to get your opinion written off is to act like a, like a petulant child and, and angry or, you know, or stupid. And so, so be civil and be calm and just explain that uh, you're not okay with the current situation, unless you are okay with the current situation, in which case don't, don't follow me on Twitter or YouTube or anything else, because uh, in, unless you like arguing, <laughs> Because we're not on the same page. Because I think uh, I think we've got a huge issue right now. This this is to me uh, the same problem as when uh, the industrial revolution happened, and we said, "Hey, uh, all of those orphans that are being dropped off at church doorsteps because um, we can't afford to feed them, um, let's just uh, let's just sell them to factories." Um, cause they're small and they can get their hand, their little hands in there. And then when they die of like, you know, whatever type of uh, chemical poisoning that's happening, uh, they're replaceable cause there's lots of orphans. That's a thing that is so repugnant nowadays that, that as I say that people are repulsed. Um, but that type of crap happened all the time. The Catholic church literally rented orphans out by the day to chimney sweeps. And then when they died of black lung, they would just rent new orphans out. And then People were like, well, maybe that shouldn't be allowed. Um, and we legislated against that type of thing, and it stopped happening. At the time, it seemed inevitable because, well, that's just progress. People need their chimney swept. Like, it has to happen, right? People need to search the internet. People need to connect online. People need to, you know, get the, get the entertainment that they want to get. That's inevitable, so we have to do it. But it doesn't have to happen at the expense of our humanity. It doesn't have to happen at the expense. There, there are other ways to do things. There are laws that can be put in place. And I don't care whether you're right, left, or center. Uh, if, if you look at this and you say that we're currently in a free market uh, society, you're kidding yourselves because there's nothing free about the market we're in right now because there are too many externalities. There are too many things that are outside of the public's control. Um, and we have huge monopolies going on where it's not allowing for choice. Who do I choose other than YouTube? Who do I choose? What are, what are YouTube's competitors? Yeah, every, everyone's like, well, I'm going to go to this place or that place. And, you know, there's there is no other YouTube and right. there's no company that has the the ability to create that. I mean, for the most part, I mean, who else is going to do it? Maybe Amazon. Right. Facebook Which has is tried. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's just that. Uh, yeah. 
But I mean, you just listed the two other companies yeah. that, are, that are right, right, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. And then they're not even if they create it, then it's just it's not like it's going to be any better. It's going to be no. It's the unholy know. trinity right. of data collection. Right, right, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. And, and and so there are there are lots of issues, and we're not going to solve them here tonight. But I do think that there is an opportunity anytime the government says we are willing to listen to what's going on. Use that opportunity for civil discourse and 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 measured, um, you know, explanation of of what you're okay with, what you're not okay with, because the people in DC don't understand what's going on in Silicon Valley. That's that's just it. So we've got to tell them. Yeah. So anyway, if you want, uh, if you're interested in in this type of thing and other type forms of rebellion, go look at my website because I've got lots of stickers. Um, <laughs> Where can they find your stuff, Scott? You can find my stuff at cirqueworks.com. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything really other to, to promote. My my Black Friday sales over and everything. My cyber sales over. So, um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's that. And and if you're not a patron of Scott's oh, already, yeah, Patreon. I'll promote that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, get on get on there. You can always check my stuff out at coreykerr.com. Um, and if you want to, if you want to uh, agree or disagree with me on Twitter, uh, I'm I'm fired up right now. So I will be. Uh, I, I usually edit my edit my stuff out loud as I as I go on Twitter rants. So you, so I might be tweeting lots of this stuff. <laughs> but uh, but check that out. Uh, check me out on Instagram. Check me out on whatever. Uh, you're on my channel right now, so feel free to hit that thumbs up button and uh, and all that jazz because the algorithm must be served because they are the gods of of the uh, of what's going on right now. So um, anyway, with all that, you guys are awesome. You can check out more of this stuff at coreycurcom slash 48HR. And we'll see you in a couple of days, hopefully when uh, Josh's throat heals up. Uh, but we'll, we'll be back on Wednesday in one form or another. Thanks, everybody, in the chat. Sorry I didn't get to everybody's comments, but you guys rock. You're awesome. We'll catch you later. Later.